If you have your Bibles this morning, we want to go to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Amen. Praise God. What a mighty God we say while you're getting your Bibles. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 through verse 19. Wherefore, wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our perfection, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who have built the house have more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man, but he that buildeth all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the whole firm unto the end. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today... If you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways." So I swore in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. But exalt one another daily what it is called today, lest any of you should be heartened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned? whose caucuses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swore he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. And I would like to minister to you today from this thought, the bar to eternal life. 
the bar to eternal life. Father, we exalt you again this morning. Father, we thank you again for your goodness and your mercy, O God, and your loving kindness, Lord, and all that you do for us, God. We thank you for your presence that we feel. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet Heavenly Dove, let us not leave the way that we came, but let us leave changed and renewed and refreshed in the power and the anointing of your word and the Holy Ghost with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And we will give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be steady this morning. Amen. The bar to eternal life. When we hear the word bar, for some it means different things. It could mean a tavern. Others, a long piece of metal or long piece of wood. Others, it can be a hindrance. While others, it could be a block. But today, I want to focus on the one bar that can cause us to miss eternal life. And that bar is unbelief. When we think of unbelief, we may not consider the impact that it can have upon our lives. Unbelief can cause us to quit before we complete what we have started and said that we would do. Unbelief can cause us to fall short of the promises of God that he has given to us. Unbelief can cause us to walk by sight and not by faith. Unbelief can cause us to see things as they are not what they can be. Unbelief has the power and the abilities to blind you. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, But if this gospel be hid, it is hid to him that are lost, and whom the gods of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Amen. Notice what he says. If this gospel is hid, it is hid to them who are lost. Satan desires to blind your mind to the truth of God's word. He desires to blind you so that you cannot see the things that God is trying to do for you and to show you and to help you to build your faith and your trust in Him. Amen. Israel had every opportunity to believe. They had seen the miracles of God. They had seen how God operated in the plague. They had seen how God had brought them out. They had seen how God had given them manna. They had seen how God gave them them quail, and yet they did not believe. The Bible tells me that when the children of Israel wanted meat, that God told Moses he would drop quail. And as I read the scripture the other day, and as I began to figure it all out, it says it would be two cubits high in a day's journey, dropped on one side and dropped on the other. According to Jewish history, a man in that time could walk 24 miles in one day. So you stop and think about that. If a cubic, according to Jewish customers, is 18 inches, so two cubits would be 36 inches or three feet tall. That means that God dropped quail for Israel to eat two foot high, amen, a yard high, and 24 miles long on both sides of the camp. 
they should have seen and believed that there was nothing impossible to God. If you want to know how 424 miles is, you get on the interstate and you go to exit 25 that goes off the Sparta, and that's how far it is from La Crosse to exit 25 to Sparta. So you think about that. That many birds drop three, three feet high on both sides of the camp. If that wouldn't have made you believe in God's ability, when God, they wanted water, history says, when Moses spoke the rock, that it would have been a river over five miles wide coming out to be able to provide the amount of water that they needed to have. Amen. Let me just share. Let me see if I got this in my Bible here. I had a thing I want to uh, share with you here. Amen. If I still have it, I may not have it. I'm getting old. I forget stuff a lot, you know. Let's see here. I like to carry little toys around, but I might not have it here. But I wanted to share with you. I should have looked this up early, huh? Ain't no grave going to take my body down. I've got that song in there. Well, maybe I don't have it. I don't know. I thought I had it in here. But maybe I'll get it next time. Oh, well. Anyhow. Well, I don't have it. Sorry about that. But I was going to share with you what I was going to share with you. I had a, a, a thing to show how many train railroad cars it would have taken to provide the food for the children of Israel when they came out. And, and God provided that. Amen. There's just so much that the children of Israel had from the plagues to the things that God did for them to strengthen them, to build their faith, to build their trust, and to build their belief. Amen. But for some reason, they just did not get to that point to where they could trust and believe in God. And notice what the Bible tells us, uh, that take heed that we don't have an evil heart of unbelief and and not believing in God's ability to do what God says He's going to do for us. Uh, You see, the enemy, Satan, desires to, to cripple you. He desires to incapacitate your thinking and your perception of the truth. Uh, he began to tell you, you can't do it and God can't provide for you. But as the Lord said to David, I've been young uh, and I've been old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken, yet the seeds begging bread. Uh, he asked Abraham and he asked Jeremiah, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Uh, he turn to Job. He says, Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you when I set the stars in the heaven? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? But Satan wants to blind you. He wants your mind to be troubled that you cannot see the truth of what God is trying to do in your life. He knows that the gospel will make you free. He knows that the gospel will give you strength and power and ability to keep moving on forward uh, in God's ways, in God's thoughts. Uh, and so therefore he does everything in his power to trouble you, to confuse you. He knows that if you ever get the fullness of the knowledge of the revelation of the truth uh, of Jesus Christ, uh, that his power over you will be broken. So he does everything to blind you, to distract you, to stop you from being able 
to believe. Have you ever been sitting in church and all of a sudden, man, the, the, the preacher or somebody is teaching and you got your focus, man, you're just trying to, to capture exactly, it's so good, you know, and what they're preaching and teaching and you're going, wow, wow, wow. And all of a sudden, somebody lean over and say something to you, distract you. That ever happened to me? <laughs> or all of a sudden, somebody's cell phone goes off. All of a sudden, a baby cries, and you miss the important part of what you was trying to hear. That's how Satan sometimes distracts us. See, you're trying to focus on what God is trying to show you. And see, he tries to distract you and blind you so that you won't get that knowledge and that wisdom and understanding. Because he knows if you start to believe in God and you trust in God, his power over you will be broken. See, But if he knows if he can distract you and cause you to miss what God is trying to say to you, then you have trouble trying to believe and to trust God when you're going through things in your life. Amen. We must not allow him. To cause us, amen, to go away and not believe in, in what God is trying to show you and I. As I said, Israel had every opportunity. If there had ever been a people that should have believed in God's ability, it should have been Israel. They saw the ten plagues that God did for, for them to before he brought them out. They saw what God has did and what God had said he would do would come to pass, uh, but yet they get to the promise, uh, and they cannot enter in, the Bible says, because of unbelief. Uh, Matthew begins to write, uh, and he tells us that the Pharisees, uh, along with the Sadducees, came to Jesus, tempted and desire him, that he would show them a sign from heaven, and he answered and said unto them, when it is evening, you say, it is fair weather, for the sky is red in the morning and it will be fall weather today for the sky is red and lowing. Oh ye hypocrites uh, you can discern the face of the sky but you cannot discern the signs of the time. A wicked and adulterous generation seek after a sign and there shall no signs be given it but the signs of Jonah and he left and departed in Matthew 16 verse 1 through 4. Jesus says amen to them and you, I don't know if you've ever heard this sign before. In America, we say it. A sailor say it all the time, don't the brother? Red sky in the morning. Sailors take warning. Red sky at night. Take the light. Amen. Red sky in the morning. Sailors be warned. Your ship is getting ready to hit some rough seas. Amen. And they, they got that from the Bible. Because Jesus said it. He says, okay, let me, they wanted a sign. He says, okay, when the sky is red in the morning, you say it's going to be fall weather. And when it's nice, red in the night, you say it's going to be fair weather. And it is. He says, so the only sign you're going to get is the sign of Jonah. And what was Jonah? Three days, as the son of man was three nights and three days in the heart of the earth, so shall the son of man be three days and three nights. Amen. As Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, excuse me. So should the Son of Man. But what old sign did Jonah give him? Repent. 
<laughs> for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. So Jesus was saying, the sign you're going to get is repentance. Uh, amen. You need to repent. Amen. You need to turn your heart around. Amen. Because that's the sign uh, that you need to realize, that you need to see, is you're on the wrong track. You're on the wrong way. You need to turn around. Amen. Jesus told Nicodemus, uh, he says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, uh, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Uh, but whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son in the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. And he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he have not believed in the only begotten Son of God. Amen. Notice here what Jesus tells Nicodemus. He's showing him it's all about belief. Uh, he says, light is coming to the world, but men love darkness rather than light. Uh, he gives them an example of Moses lifting up the serpents in the wilderness uh, to try to show him the value of belief. Uh, amen. God gives us signs. He gives us wonders. He shows us things on a constant basis so that we will believe. You look at the beautiful snow outside. What did God put in His Word? Have you not realized that I've given the snow and the rain that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater? If we don't get snow, if we don't get rain, you ain't getting any food. Amen. He has Job. Have you looked into the treasures of the snow, which I prepared against the day of battle? God can bring everything to a stop with the snow. You've been out there and been able to go nowhere because of the snow. Amen. That's the power and that's the abilities. But you see, the enemy does not want you to be able to see these things. Uh, he does not want you to trust God. He don't want you to believe in God. And so as a result, uh, sometimes the enemy can distract us so bad and we can get ourselves into such a knot that we can't see what God is trying to show us. And as a result, we start not believing in God's abilities. As I said, power, the unbelief has the power to quench for you. It can bring you to a standstill. It can hold you back from accomplishing what God wants to accomplish in you. Unbelief can kill your hopes. It can kill your dream. It can cause you to be in a depressive state. All because you don't believe. David says some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen. We are risen to stand upright. The children of Israel came right to the door of the promised land. And the Bible says they could not enter the rest because of unbelief. For 400 years they had been slaves in captivities. They had wandered across the Red Sea. They had wandered in the wilderness. And now God desires to fulfill feel his promise, uh, which he had promised to Abraham, uh, to take them into the rest. Uh, and God said to Moses, send spies uh, into the land. Uh, and they cut down grapes that two had to bring them back together. And they came back and they presented the things to Moses when you read Numbers 14. Uh, and they says, we came into the land, uh, and it is indeed a land flowing with milk and honey. But the Amalekites are there, and the Canaanites 
are there. And the, all the ites are in there. Amen. They failed to realize who was on their side. They failed to realize that they should just trust in God's abilities. But no, they began to give an evil report. And that evil report caused the people not to believe. And Israel could not enter into their rest because of unbelief. The warning for us, there is a rest. The Holy Ghost is the rest for us. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come unto me. All ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burdens is light. Isaiah says in 28, 11, and 12, For with stammering lips and another tongue will I speak unto my people. Wherefore, he said, This is the rest that shall call the weary the rest. And this is the refreshing. But they will not hear. Amen. They will not believe. Amen. That the things that God had for them are still for you and I today. There's a rest. But there is an eternal rest uh, that is waiting for you and I. And it's called the heavens. Uh, amen. God says, uh, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Uh, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again uh, and receive you to myself. Uh, that where I am there, you may be also. He desires for us to reign with him. But the only way we can get in uh, is we got to believe. Uh, and there's all only one way to believe, and that is to believe when he calls upon your name. Amen. We've got to trust in him. We've got to believe in him. We don't want to provoke him as they did and in belief. Amen. When God says it, we've got to believe it. Thou should be doers of his word and not hearers only. Amen. We've got to believe what God says. Don't let in heart of unbelief as the writer calls it, an evil heart of unbelief. The Psalmsters would write this same paragraph. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God. Psalms 95, 6, 11. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways, and to whom I swore in my wrath that they should not enter, and to my rest." Their actions and their speech, they ignored and angered God. Forty years, God says. How could you not see all he did in 40 years and not believe? My goodness. They saw what God did. 
but yet they still provoked him by their actions of unbelief. We've got to take heed, brethren, that we don't allow a heart of unbelief to get in us and cause us to depart from the living God. Amen. That's why the writer of Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's why the 11th of Hebrews is so important to you as a child of God. You need to read it constantly to build your faith, amen, to show, amen, and see what happened, amen. They all did it in faith. Moses refused to be called the sons of Pharaoh's daughter, chosen rather than to suffer with the people of God than to endure the pleasures of sin for a sin. Because why? He had respect uh, to the recompense uh, of the reward. Uh, In other words, Moses realized that what God had for him was so much better than what Egypt could give him. Yes, he could have had all the treasures in Egypt, but Moses realized uh, those are material things. Uh, They're going to fade away. They're going to get rust. They're going to get moth. Uh, Thieves are going to break in and steal. Uh, But when we get the treasures of God, uh, when we go after the things of God. When we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, those things will never rust. Those things will never mop over. Those things will never be lost because they will be yours forever and ever because you will be with Him forever and ever in His kingdom. Forty years, amen, they could not believe and they could not enter in. Amen. They missed the rest. Revelation 21, John says, Amen, I saw a new heaven, and I saw a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. And he goes on, and he says, The earth was passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the new heaven, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven as a prepared, as a bride adorned for a husband. And he goes on, and he tells us, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. Amen. I want you to know today that you are the kingdom of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you. The kingdom of God is with men. Amen. Jesus says, I'll be in you and I'll walk in you and you shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. He's in you. Amen. In verse 4, he said, there'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more tears, for the former things are passed away. All things become new. Amen. This is the rest that we're heading for. No more pain. No more suffering. No more blood pressure out of whack. No more headaches. No more sorrows. We're going to reign with Him. Amen. We can't have that evil heart of unbelief. Because he's got it all for us. Amen. We can't have that other belief. Holiness. We must believe in holiness. We must believe in repentance. We must believe in baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Because if we don't believe in holiness, we ain't going to make it. The Bible says for Hebrews twelve fourteen, Follow peace with all men and holiness. Without shall no man see the Lord. 
we got to believe that. Amen. Second Corinthians 7, 10 says, Amen. Godly sorrow work repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. We've got to believe that. Amen. Mark 16, 15, Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he believeth not shall be damned. You don't believe in baptism, you ain't going to make it. Both Holy Ghost baptism and water baptism. You must be born again. You don't believe it? You ain't making it. That's the heart of unbelief because it goes against the word of God. Oh, brothers and sisters, take heed. Take heed. Lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. But exalt one another so much more as you see the days approaching. Joshua put it this way. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. And serve him in sincerity of truth. Joshua 24, 14, 15. And serve him with the sincerity and truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood. And in Egypt. And serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood. Or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house. <laughs> I'm serving God. I'm believing God. As the song says, I believe God. I believe God that he will do just as he said. Trust and obey. Believe him and say, I believe. I believe God. If you need salvation now and the Holy Ghost in power, just trust and obey and believe him and say, I believe. I believe God. Amen. When people try to give you an evil report, you just need to look them in the eye and says, I believe God. You need to look them in the eyes. The old song says, I throw my head in the air. I stand flat up on my feet. I says, my mind is made up and my foot's on the rock and my mind is made up. Amen. I got to trust God. I got to believe God. Amen. And not trust in man. Isn't it amazing? Some say that the Miller Scripture in the Bible is Psalms 118 verse 8. And do you know what it says? It's better to trust in man. God. <laughs> Amen. It's better to trust in God than to put confidence in man. Amen. I don't know who sat down and figured that that's the middle scripture in the Bible. But Psalms 118 verse 8. It's better to trust in God than to put confidence in man. Amen. Generations after generations. Amen. All the promises of God are yea and amen. Amen. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. Don't you be hardened with a heart of unbelief. Because if you get your heart and stop keep believing, unbelieving, you'll go away from God. But if we believe in him, then we'll keep following on after him. And we will know. Amen. And John chapter 9, verse 24. Amen. And I'm going to finish with this. Amen. John chapter 9, verse 24 through 38. We know that Jesus comes into the city, and there's a blind man there. And the disciples ask him, they say, Lord, who does sin, this man or his parents, that he's born blind? Jesus says, oh, no, nobody sinned. You know, he didn't sin, his parents didn't sin. He says, but this is so that the glory of the Lord should, can be revealed. 
and he takes and spit on the ground and he makes clay of spittle and put it in the man's eyes and tells him to go wash in the pool called scent. Amen. And he goes wash and he comes seeing. Well, the religious leaders get angry because it's the Sabbath day. And they are asking him, how was he born blind? He says, a man named Jesus, you know, put clay in my eyes, told me to go wash in the pool and I came seeing. You know? And then they still didn't believe it. And so they asked the parents, is this your son? They said, yeah, he's our son. And uh, he was born blind. We know he was born blind, but how he was made to see, we don't know. They wouldn't not confess Jesus because they had a, you know, the, the Jews had a, had a thing that if anybody believed in Jesus, they would kick him out the church. Okay? What a sad time, right? Amen. I praise God. We don't ever get that point. You know? Amen. So notice verse 24. Then again, they called, they said to the man that was blind, and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. Really? How you call God a sinner? That's blasphemy. <laughs> Amen. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, <laughs> that as I was blind, now I see. In other words, he said, You call him what you want to. I was blind, but now I'm seeing. They said unto him again, what did he, he, what did he to thee? How open he thine eyes? He answered them, I've told you already. And you did not believe, did not hear. Wherefore would you hear again? Will you also be his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciples, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spake unto Moses. As for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. The man answered and said unto them, Why herein is a marvelous thing that you know not from whence he is, and yet he have opened mine eyes. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he will hear it. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man was not of God, he could not do nothing. They answered and said unto him, Thou was altogether born in sin, and thus thou teach us. And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talked with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Amen. Praise God. Amen. When you believe, you got to worship him. Amen. Because the Lord seeketh such to worship him. Amen. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him and spirit and in truth. Amen. We cannot allow ourselves to have a heart of unbelief. Amen. We want to trust God. We want to believe in God. We want to do what his word tells us to do because God has our best interest 
at heart. Amen. He's gone to prepare a place for us. He's got a rest. Amen. And one day we're going to enter that rest. We don't know when it's going to be. We don't know the hour nor the day when it's going to happen. But we know it's going to happen someday. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And those of us that remain shall be caught up to be with the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Let's stand this morning. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. We trust in God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's never have a heart of unbelief in departing from the word of Almighty God. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Above all else. Amen. No matter.